Welcome back to the Black Roses Podcast, and today I have a very special guest. I have Nick T. Nino. How are you? I'm good, thank you for asking. How are you? I'm great, I'm great. Um, today's been a pretty long day, and I'm excited to start chatting with you. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm stoked too, dude. It's been very long. <laughs> Work sucks. Don't get a job if you don't have to, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there'll be a time where I kind of don't have a choice because I'm going to be a broke <laughs> college kid next year. I feel that. Yeah, you'll definitely need to get a job, so. <laughs> definitely, yeah. All right, just jumping straight into it. Um, Who would you say your biggest inspiration is when it comes to making music? Honestly, that's always been, like, a tough question for me. Uh, mainly because I grew up on so much different kind of music um i say i'm gonna say this uh, the, there's two people that made me realize that i could do it and i think they're the biggest inspirations i guess technically because they're the ones i guess that showed me it's possible and it's something i could do on my own and that i, I didn't you know i didn't need to go to like pay for studio time i didn't need to you know have all this background in, in doing this shit to do it that was um people are gonna hate this but I'm going to say Russ. I got to give him credit. Russ and Little Peep, man. Little Peep, not only by him, you know, doing DIY and pioneering that, but also his style. Like, he was, I remember hearing him for the first time, dude. I'd always, I've always listened to, like, you know, sadder music, darker music. And he was, like, the first person to blend, like, what I always felt was missing from what I've been hearing. You know, that rougher, grimier, like, sad, angry, like, I don't give a fuck, like, kind of attitude all mixed into one, and mm-hmm. I don't know, to me, so it was, like, hearing that, realizing that, like, oh, shit, there's a genre, this is a genre, this is something that I love, I've always wanted, and something I can do from Little Peep, but also seeing Russ and showing how he made it all by just making himself, you know, doing a song a week, producing, mixing, doing everything like that, those are probably my two biggest influences. Not, yeah, so pretty much artistically Little Peep, but professionally, like, yeah. Sure, Lil Peep is a inspiration to a lot of people, especially when they want to go into kind of the sadder part of music. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, dude, it's like for me, I grew up on you know a bunch of shit: Luther Vandross, Ed Sheeran, fucking pop, country, like everything, dude. Like I loved it all, but what what stuck with me was that you know little people was the first person who like pretty much showed me that like the genre i always wanted to hear the music i always wanted to hear but never could find was like something that that existed and so he kind of like i don't know yeah he opened that door man he created it pretty much i mean if you and some people would like don't like saying that some people love saying that but to me he, he pretty much pioneered it at least made it relevant you know definitely so you are currently over 4.5k on yes. SoundCloud, and you are almost at 20,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Yes, when sir. it comes to your numbers, mm-hmm. do you get caught up on how you do when it comes to them? I used to a lot worse than I do now. Like, I used to be obsessed, like, checking it every 10 minutes. Um, but lately, the only time I really care about my numbers is just... I just want to make sure I'm improving and growing, you know? That's the only time I really care now. I've stopped looking at it as much, and I only really look to them as kind of, like, a way to see my progression now. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, as long as I'm like, I, I always try to beat the month before in plays and, and, and try something new in my songs, whatever it is. And that's now how I use my numbers. Use it more as like, a, uh, I look at it like as a starting place for every new month. Definitely. For sure. And I'd say when it comes to making a very, very heartfelt song that doesn't perform maybe to what you expected, it's obviously going to hurt. But then again, you will definitely have other songs where you can relate to the exact situation that will do as well. So I can definitely understand why some people look at their numbers a lot and I can understand people that don't. Hundred percent. I mean, I I've been on both sides of that, man. You know, it's like in the beginning, I I started mainly for like therapy. Like I I liked it because it's like, of course, like hearing this genre that like I always wanted to hear from Peep and realizing I could you know do it. Realizing I had a lot of things I wanted to say, sing about, whatever. I, I it started as therapy for me. So of course I was always I wanted to see how people you know enjoyed my story, my things, my writing, my song. Um, but. I don't know. There comes a point, man, where you start to notice the songs that you're making for people to like. They usually are the ones, at least in my, like, from what I've seen in my my experience, they're the ones that don't do the best. And it's like, the ones that do the best for me are, like, the ones that were just, you know, me being genuine. Me just making something I liked, I wanted. If it performs, Mm -hmm. it performs. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, you have to stay grounded in doing it for yourself or else, like, if you you probably won't succeed or if you do succeed, you won't be happy. Definitely. And in the terms of making your own style and kind of doing what you want and not having other people kind of push their own opinions onto you is a very healthy way to come across when it comes to music. Because you could easily just listen to every single critique that somebody throws at you and then you could take it to heart. But if you're kind of just doing what you want, then that's all that matters, honestly. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, I think there's, you know, a fine balance between, like, taking some critique and taking none um, and, to, and, and taking it all, you know? I mean, there's some critiques that are going to be less from, like, someone. Like, the ones I say stay away from is, like, critiques from someone's personal choice, right? Just, like, something they like to hear, what they want taken out. And what, what you want to listen to is more of the general, like, like, the general critiques. So, like, oh, hey, your mix isn't that nice. You may want to try cleaning it up. Like, because that was something I had a problem with. I had a shitty mix. I still do. <laughs> but it took people around me, like Treacher Boy and Bateki. They're kind of like, hey, you, you, should, you need to start. You need to focus on fixing this because it's definitely holding you back a bit. So it's like, yeah, there's definitely criticism you should listen to to a degree. I mean, because like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I am doing this for myself. But now there's a level of, like, you know, I want this to be a career. So I have to take, I have to now add that into the mix. Definitely. and it comes to a point where it's almost a good thing to have that one friend that will straight up and tell you that your mix is shit or something yeah, like dude. that. Because if you don't have that, then you're just going to, you're not going to learn. Yeah. You're not going to improve, man. You need, you, you don't want to keep around anyone who's a yes, man, dude. Like, I, I don't know if you know Rem Ghost. I love Rem Ghost. He's one of the most talented producers I know. Mm-hmm. I love him because the dude, like you could send him something and he's not afraid to be like, Hey man, you have more, like, you could do more. There's more potential here than what you're putting in. Like, and he'll give, he'll, he'll, like, you know, be honest with you, truthful with you. He'll, like, up yourself. Like, dude, he's a god. And that's what you need, you know? You need people who are like, hey, 
like you could do better do better and they push you to be better you know for sure and when it comes to not only just run ghost other big producers like Irby and odyssey and etc they are in a, they're picky in a good way due yeah. to the fact that they aren't afraid to tell you to fix something which is great mm-hmm. it's necessary okay. man you know you need that for growth yeah and sure. yeah it's it's very important and you want to keep those people around you just you know the key to that though is understanding like what's like like i said before you know, their personal opinion on something and like a general comment or a general critique that could benefit you yeah, you have to figure out, like, what's what. Because someone could just say they don't... Like, you could ask your friend who doesn't listen to your music, like that genre, and tell you to switch up everything just because it's not what they listen to. But then you could have someone involved in the genre who knows what they're talking about and tell you to fix this one little thing that could improve everything for you. And, you know, you just have to understand what's what and know what, what critique's coming from where. When it comes to your organization and recording, what would you say your process is when writing do you physically write it do you kind of go over a flow and freestyle um, walk me through that basically it's i mean i do a mix of like you know writing on pen and paper and also typing it on my phone basically what i do though is, is i'll find a beat online first and I, I don't just i'm very picky with my beats like you can ask a lot of people producers that like know me most of the time and if i'm feeling something like some sort of way and i want to write about it i need a beat that that kind of brings out that feeling or if i like want to write about something emotional but don't really care which like what emotional thing to write about i I find a beat and as long as it brings up an emotion i write and so what i'll do then though is is i'll pretty much i usually record my songs in like a day so um because i work full-time right so i'll sit down i'll find a beat um i'll just start like singing over it like and i'll usually just find like one phrase like maybe a few words a phrase i like and i'll kind of build the song around that and then um, I'll just start writing it. Like I said, sometimes on pen and paper, sometimes, you know, on my phone. Um, I liked pen and paper, but I stopped because sometimes it's like, I think, and I write too fast. Or I think too fast to write it out, and I'll forget shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I use my phone for that. But, yeah, I'll start writing. And then the recordings will take me a while. Usually I write my songs in, like, 15, 15 20 minutes. Um very, very rarely is there a song that I write that I sit on and, like, spend more than, like, a day writing or, like, more than, like, 30 minutes writing. And then, um, yeah, I'll record it. Recording takes a while because I, I use a shit ton of layers. Um, and I don't mix well, so I have to use a lot <laughs> to get, like, this, I don't know, I guess uh, a similar quality that a lot of pe- people listen to. And I have to mix it. And then um, that usually takes most of the time. Probably like, I remember between like four to like maybe eight hours. And then I just, then I shoot it to a mastering site and I just shoot it out there and put it out. I don't really, you know, I don't really, I don't like sitting on songs. I don't like setting release dates for my songs. I just like to drop them when they're done. Yeah. Um, when it comes to you getting your name out there and stuff like that, what song do you think kind of got your name almost brought it to the surface? Mm. That's a good question, dude. I got like two. I actually have two for that. So the first one was Tuck Me In. So um, Tuck Me In 
basically I'm like, I've always been tight with Goddard and he was a part of Pateki. I honestly, at the time, I had no idea what Pateki was. I'd like just started making a song a week and I made Tuck Me In. Pateki hears it, uploads me, fucking internet hippie likes the song, starts following me. Um, Pateki eventually starts posting my songs, starts asking me to be in Pateki. Now I'm in Pateki, right? I owe like pretty much everything right now to like to where I'm at um, to Pateki and, and got, got heard it. Um, lovely people, amazing people, generous. And um, the second one was pretty much was recently. Um, it was uh, about you. Um, pretty much so far, what happened with that one was was got uploaded on Pateki. Um, actually, it was three kind of you could say. I don't know you. You don't know me. Um, blind and about you. And those kind of got me a lot of attention. And then eventually, this um, big uh, YouTuber called uh, Skate YouTuber in, in Japan called um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Louis. Um, Fuck, now I'm forgetting his last name. I think it's Lewis, um, Lewis Mora. Lewis Mora? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember hitting you up about him. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, he, he, he found him. I don't know if it was from Pateki or what. He found him and put him in my, put four of my songs in his videos. And then I just, like, shot up. Like, I got a shit ton of, of attention from that. That's why my Spotify's so big, dude. I'm at almost 20,000 monthly listeners in, like, a week. Week and a half. Almost. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's because, you know, he put me out there. You know, he was, like, my first, like, cosign, you know? So. Yeah, so that's, those are, like, the, the songs, I guess, that you could say, uh, did that for me, man. And it's always, it's always random, too, dude, you know? It's, it's crazy how that stuff works. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so, when it comes to your personal opinion, which song do you think was the most meaningful to you that you've uploaded on SoundCloud? That's a tough question. <laughs> um, I've uploaded a lot of songs. Um, honestly, I feel like I forget about a lot of them. Uh, so there's definitely probably one I'm missing or I can't think about right now. But as of right now, it's tied between Blind and I Need Help. Or actually three. Blind, I Need Help, and Why Am I Okay? Those really, really stick with me a lot. They were just, I don't know, I was going through some real emotional shit, and I just really loved them. And wrote them, and I loved the songs. And I was, I'm glad, I, I was happy, I was super stoked, I was able to make something that I enjoyed out of those moments. And they've done well, you know? And yeah, I just, I love them, man. I mean, blind, I have a deep emotional connection with, because I, uh, I don't know, man. It, I was just, I started to notice, like, the little quirks and shit and tastes I picked up when I was being, when I was with someone, and I hadn't been with that person for a minute, but it's like, I still had that shit there, and so I just kind of, like, remembered how bad that relationship was, wrote about it, and it came out really nice, and I felt like that's, like, one of my favorite lyrical, like, lyrical pieces I've written, and then, um, Why Am I Okay, that one was a really big one for me, because... One, it's about to hit a million plays, dude. That one's popped off in Russia. But that one was tough for me because I'd gone through, like, a really bad breakup. Like, I got really emotionally fucked. And I felt, like, really shitty for a long time. And I wrote that because it was a period of time where I was almost, like, numb. Numb to everything. And I couldn't tell, really, if I was numb or if I had just, like, you know, healed, I guess. And it was kind of, like, weird because I was so used to always being sad and feeling shit. And now I suddenly didn't. And so I wrote that one, and 
loved it and did well and I'm happy about that. And I need help, you know, it's kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> Dark place. Kind of corny, but I was like, fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, dude, those are all probably my three personal favorite songs. Yeah. I'd say probably my three favorite songs from you are probably Lil John Doe, who's friends with ghosts. Oh fuck. I remember uh, <laughs> Pictures and ripped lingerie. Ooh, ripped lingerie is a good one. That's like that's a yeah. close fourth. That's in definitely top five. Definitely. Damn, Little John Doe, Friends with Ghosts, bro. Fuck. I love that. Song. I hated that song. <laughs> no, no, no. Because because it's like I liked it when I made it and put it out, but the more I listen to it afterwards, I don't know, bro. Maybe it's just a growth. Thing. I don't know. I just I, I always I've always been very insecure about that song. <laughs> But that's a good thing, because that means that you've grown and gotten almost better at realizing things that you could have fixed. Yeah, you're right. Honestly, that's a good that's a good outlook on it. Anyone who listens, make sure you pick up on that. That's a good perspective. Um, and as you said, Why Am I Okay is not too far from a million, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's fucking insane. And one thing I've noticed was... Like you said, a lot of people in Russia really, really like your music, too. Because just mm. looking at your Spotify, it says you have 505 monthly listeners just from Moscow. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's on... Dude, you should see my SoundCloud. Like, over half of my plays come from Russia and Ukraine. Like, not even combined, dude. Like, that's just... That's probably from just one of them. You know, it's crazy. It, pretty much, I think what it was, was I got on, so what was a, a good thing that my success so far has been? Um, I don't know if it's my tags or the beats I use. Basically, there's a thing called Spotify that, or SoundCloud to upload. And I got on that pretty much every song. And it started to get me out there more. And then um, I started to get on uh, the alt-rock charts, which I think they do by beats. You know, they'll listen to it. I don't know how they pick it, but... Basically, that song got on alt-rock charts, and for some reason, it popped off in Russia. VK blew up. Fucking the Techie has also a lot of Russian fans. But yeah, mm-hmm. fucking sick, dude. Feels nice. Yeah, it's always great to have kind of other places in the world that pay attention to your music, too. Aside yeah. just where you were born, your <laughs> that's, country. That's what's funny, dude, is I barely get, like... I think USA is top five, but, like, Russia is, like, number one by, like, so much. Now, because of, like, Louis Moore, like, I'm, I have, like, a shit. I'm getting plays now from the U.S. and, like, a good amount. But for a while, dude, it was mainly Russia and Ukraine. You know, they're the homies, bro. OG. For sure. Yeah. Um, how would you say your music impacts others? That's a tough one. Um, I don't know, man. I... From what I hear from people, you know, it helps them a lot, which is, like, a huge, important thing. You know, it's always my goal. Besides, like, being therapy for myself, it's, like, I always want there to be a song. I always want people to relate to it and be able to, like, feel it. And, like, my idea behind writing sad music, too, is kind of, like, for me, at least, it was, you know, it's better to release your emotions and like, keep them in. And, like, by writing, by listening to sad music, you know, you're able to, you know, think and focus and, and maybe cry out, and scream out, and sing out, you know, what you're feeling. It helps you deal with it in your own way. And, you know, my goal with all of my shit is, you know, that, is I want to give people that, that opportunity, that outlet, like I had in my past. 
yeah, no, but I'm going to say one thing. The one thing I'm always scared about, though, is I'm always scared for the one person who takes it the wrong way. Not, like, the, the mom who, like, is, like, oh, turn that off. It just makes you sadder. But, like, the person who's, like, really sad. And, like, if I talk about, like, something along the lines of, like, suicide or something in a song that, like, almost takes it seriously. That's always been my biggest fear is it's, like, someone who's really sad uses my music in a negative way. Because it's, like, that's not what I want. And it's like, yeah. I feel like that's been, that holds me back sometimes from writing stuff, but I don't know. I always try to put, some songs doesn't have it, but I always try to put a little bit of wisdom and like advice in, in my songs in some way. Whether through like sure. my own failure in a situation and like kind of sharing how I fucked up and hopefully like people can see that, like, hey, don't do this. Or like sometimes I'll actually just like outright be like, like give advice, but I don't know. I hope it helps people. I hope people like it. Yeah. Um... It was great having you on the show, and um, I feel like music is a great way in general to kind of release your feelings, and I'd say definitely that helps me and probably helps you too, definitely. Definitely. Got me through a lot. <laughs> I don't know what life would honestly be like without music. Seriously, dude. You know, music's that universal thing, dude. You don't even have to understand the lyrics. You just have to listen to the music, the melodies, you know, and it, it can help you exponentially. You know, music's that universal language, bro. It feels, you know, it helps. It brings people together, you know. It's, it's a it's a really, it's a beautiful thing. I think a lot of people don't realize that sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Anyways, um, thank you for coming on. And I'm very excited to see where you take your career overall. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. Seriously, I'm, yeah. I'm glad we got to do this. Thank you for thinking of me. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. I'm really grateful.